A pandemic of violence floods the streets of major cities as cases of the media dubbed murder virus, MV20 soar, causing those infected to go on killing sprees. Caught in the middle, police detective Angela Miller finds her only trustworthy ally in the self-proclaimed psychic PI, Gerald Henry. As the two try to navigate the violence, they are drawn into new age guru, Abramelin Harvest's plot to heal the planet. Harvest's missive? The world is sick, and humanity is the infection. The cure? Murder. From the twisted mind of Sean C. Baker, author of A Collection of Desires, and Shadowplay in Book One, Kim and Jesse, comes his most vicious novel yet, Murder Virus. Available where books are sold. Welcome to another episode, a very special episode of the Horror Vision Horror Podcast. I am Sean. I am Abominable Anthony. I'm Thaisa, okay, because I can't give any keyword. <laughs> <laughs> and this is going to be an episode dedicated totally to the show Yellow Jackets. Warning, we're recording this on Sunday, the 9th of January. Last night... Episode nine, the penultimate episode of Yellow Jacket season one dropped. If you have not watched this show up to that point and including that point, turn this off now. Do not listen anymore. This is full on spoilers. We're talking theories. We're talking shit. We're talking, you know, the whole nine yards. So. Whew. I still need a minute to process the last episode because I so, literally Tori, just finished it. So you literally just finished it. So that's good because I watched it last night. So Kirsten and I have been doing a rewatch and we rewatch it during the week. We got to episode six or seven last night, stopped to watch nine. And then today went back and rewatched seven and eight, but then like stuff started happening. We started getting distracted and then time, you know, I was fast forwarding to try and get to key things. And so episode nine's rewatch suffered. So I'm going to be leaning on you since you just finished it. Um, I, okay. So first of all, I'm just going to say I had theories like fucking episode four. I had a theory and I was like, pretty sure. It's been since disproved. This episode dropped a lot of bombs. I feel like it disproved my theory in the first fucking five minutes. What was your theory that it disproved? So my theory was Shauna's lover boy was a uh, hobby grown up. It did not disprove that theory in the first five minutes. Oh, you're right. He could still be hobby. That's true. Okay. Okay. I, I thought he was the one blackmailing everybody. How about that? And because he was obsessed with Shauna because a, she was like the first one to ever really like try to help them when they're in the wilderness. And I was thinking like during the dooms party that they were going to bang. And because he lost his virginity to her, he's going to get stuck. Right. He's going to become oh, a her wow. and he's still going to be obsessed with her as an adult. Um, 
And then my other theory was Lottie was going to be the one they worshiped. I was like, it's, it's going to be Lottie because they're going to start believing her. They're going to think she's the, um, the seer. Mm -hmm. And then just out of fright and being young teenagers, they're just going to go with it. So Anthony, what do you, what do you say to either one of those theories? I have a, I actually back up the, the Lottie thing. Um, she's clearly crazy, but, um, no, I, I think that she's going to try and, um, push on a little bit of what Laura Lee was pushing on to her that basically that she's, she's, uh, it basically, touched. yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. She's touched, you know, not in a retard way, but you know, um, you know, just that she's got the sight or the vision, but yeah, yeah. I think that sounds more plausible. Now it gets away from grounding the series in reality, which I would like and not have to deal with any kind of, you know, not necessarily if not necessarily because if they think that that's what's going on it doesn't mean what it's actually what is actually going on so it could still be completely reality based and have them think that she's a seer and follow her yeah i'm i'm with that sure uh mass hysteria yeah group group yeah. paranoia group yeah group hysteria yeah they, I, I i could totally see that well that Definitely. and then like being a female at that age and like going through puberty still you're fucking so like oh with a trauma on top of that like just yeah. um just seeing where like their traumas manifested and ah uh, oh, i i love the show so much i'm sorry yeah same here <laughs> um i i will say so i man they do a really good job of straddling between supernatural and, and you know is it supernatural is it not I think that there are things that seem supernatural that are not, but I can't totally disprove that there's not something going on that's, you know, extraordinary. One of the things about Lottie, okay, I think Lottie is the girl at the very beginning of the series that is running through the woods and falls in the pit with the spikes. Ooh. I, th I thought for sure it was Jackie in hindsight. We just rewatched that first episode last week and it is not Jackie. Now, here's another thing that I have to keep reminding myself, you know, because Kirsten's like, wait, pause it. Look at her calves. They don't look anything like uh, Jackie's scrawny ass calves. But here's the thing, like, it's not actually the actress, right? It's a body double or it's a stunt person or whatever. So you, you have to take that into consideration the same way. There's a practicality about the way they film it. I'll get into later that has its ups and downs with me. Um. But there are, I th so I think that's Lottie. And I think that that whole beginning narrative with her falling and then them raising the body and, and bleeding it and then eating the meat, I don't think we're seeing one process. I think, I definitely think like both of you just said, Lottie is going to like ascend to, to I think we're going to get in the clan territory where they're going to, there's going to be a schism you already see that Vanessa clearly and other like, no, she predicted it. Look, rivers of blood and red smoke. And, and she predicted the Mr. Perkins scandal and she predicted the whatever. So they're buying into it big time. Other people aren't or might not. Um, but I think maybe what we're seeing is that you're going to get a group splinters with her, a group doesn't. And then probably 
the group that splinters with her looks like it might lend itself more to the cannibalism and maybe there would be some kind of a war and then at the end of that the people that she had warred upon will turn the tables and then she will be the one running for her life and she will be the one falling into the pit just an idea oh yeah or i was thinking too like a coup you know lottie is the head and yeah they she's getting too fucking weird with it so like a splinter group like natalie i think natalie just her personality and the way she is she's not going to fall for that because she like saved uh uh travis too i think she really saw how things are yeah so i i don't know maybe even like her killing lottie later on to keep her the power in check there is a scene when they are waiting when it's shauna and ty are waiting for the um, money drop to be picked up. And they're in the car and they're like, where the fuck is Nat? Oh, maybe she stopped to buy drugs. And and then they get into like Ty paying for her rehab or whatever. And Sean is like, why do you do that? You just enable her. And she's like, hey, who does she have? We have yeah. families. If it wasn't for Nat, we wouldn't be here. So what you just said, she's responsible in a big way for either them surviving whatever happens or getting rescued or both. I don't know definitely oh. <laughs> anthony thoughts i don't completely like the show okay and it's got some some stuff i'm not really into um the the big one obviously for me and and, and i get they're trying to you know be as as realistic and true to uh to what a lot of like teenagers are doing at their age. Um, but like, I don't like the over-sexualization of it. I think it's a lot. Like, I don't want to watch a bunch of teenagers hump. I think it's gross because they're kids and I'm an almost 40 year old man and I don't want to see that shit. Like, it's just gross. Um, so the fact that it even flew like onto, and, and obviously that's why it's not on network television and it had to be on, mm -hmm. on some sort of cable network. But I mean, I just think that's a bit much. Um, we, talked a little bit about the supernatural aspect of it i would really like to see it grounded somewhere pick a story you know pick or not not a story but pick a uh, pick your path you know what i mean are we going to go down a supernatural route or are we going to stay grounded in reality personally i would like to ground it in reality um i don't like the i'll be, I'll be honest like the, the the present tense characters i don't care about them other than like uh, Shauna's character, who is actually really fucking cool. Um, I like her a lot. Um, and obviously, Misty as an adult is just fucking bonkers. Love her. Yeah. She's <laughs> totally fucking insane. Um, obviously, as a youth and as an adult. But everybody else's like problems. I don't care. I don't know. I just I, I, I've said it before where I kind of wish this was more like a Lord of the Flies and just stayed in this one one realm but i mean that sucks because that's at the you know the cost of of shauna's story as an adult and, and i do want to see that obviously but there's just so much like drama happening and i get you know they went through trauma but i just i don't care i find i find the uh the youth story a little bit more um intriguing purely because you know it's it's a survival thing that um is cool when it's depicted on depicted on film uh, i just wanted to see more of that stick to that story and you know it's it sucks when it's like now we're gonna bounce to natalie's adult story i just don't give a fuck if she has a drug addiction or not you know i 
uh, that's like kind of like it's expected because again trauma i just don't care and um granted she might do something amazing when she's young and that probably leads to you know some horrible event that obviously puts her down the path to drug addiction you know to self-medicate and cope but uh, again for the most part like that like the whole cat and mouse thing where you know they were doing the whole money thing and all that shit it's just it just seemed like fluff and it wasn't necessary so in my opinion the show's fucking cool it really is and the practical effects are fucking gnarly yeah, gross, are. gross shit that happens sean uh you mentioned earlier during the week when we were talking while i was catching up on the show uh laura lee um and, and you, you were like look there's just there's a thing with a head injury early on and you're gonna oh. <laughs> that shit was fucked man that was uh, the hardest thing for me to watch in the whole show i literally almost vomited yeah the, where the, she dove into the shallow end and fucking hit her head at the beginning of episode eight i seriously thought i was gonna puke when i saw it it was so hard to see but there's some oh. oh, good poor van van is just getting the shit into the stick yeah <laughs> and it's always that side of the face <laughs> yeah. Yeah. i mean that scene itself is fucking brutal and um Sean, I loaned you the gray earlier in the year. And yeah. It just, it's kind of, it reminded me of that, but it, it went that extra mile of showing you like the shit that actually happens with the wolves. And it's fucking gnarly. So again, you know, there's so much cool shit happening while they're young and they're stuck in the fucking wilderness. I just want to see, I, I was hoping that the story would, you know, gear more toward that. And it's just always a big letdown when it's like, and now this is what's happening with whoever. And, and, cares i don't care what taisha's doing in the future i don't give a shit that she's a politician none of it matters yeah but okay her, her as an adult when you see her in that tree that shit fucked me up <laughs> well and so they're in like i i love the way they do this where back to the supernatural thing you get this there's a very ominous tone in some of the earlier episodes with sammy her son and you know, he's like the bad one told me to do it or whatever. And the lady in the tree and you're, and there's that the scene where she pulls aside his drapes and he's got all those pictures up. And like some of those pictures, I I still don't like, wow, they're fucked up. But, but you, so now you're thinking like, oh my God, this is like something super supernatural or whatever. And it's like, no, it's her in the fugue state. And he, and then she says later on, my son thinks there's two of me and that, you know, I, I'm the good one and there's a bad one. Um, that to me, so Anthony, I, I like, I am with you like this, the story, the visceral story in the wilderness. And like, I, like, I want to know how do we get to where we see in that opening of the, of the season, right? Like, how do we get there where they're all in, you know, cause okay. The first time I, I watched the first episode of whenever it first dropped, just on like a, a whim, I was thinking we're going towards something like one of these, like, like that new wrong turn where it was like the girls were like picked up and abducted by like these Hills people or whatever. <laughs> it's like the end of the episode. You're like, no. Um, but that said, there's a cabin in the fucking woods with a plane by it and a corpse in the upstairs. So who the fuck lived there? Was the sun just glinting off the window when they saw it the first time? Or was that, I initially thought that was somebody signaling it. 
That's it must I, have just been yeah, it I must have been the sun glinting off the window, right? But yeah. I'm I mean we're still not really sure because we have not addressed that corpse. And the other thing, the one thing that I feel like is like okay, if there's anything that keep is keeping the supernatural thing alive with me as a possibility, Lottie fucking straight up started speaking in French. Yeah. That you know, and and they're like, she's in French. She sucks at French. She failed or whatever. Like she was straight up talking in French. So there, there could obviously be an explanation for that. Maybe those. She wasn't saying a lot, right? She kept saying like it wants blood or something like that. That could have been written somewhere in the fucking cabin, for all we know. And and she was able to piece it together with her, you know, little bit of French knowledge. Who knows? But that is the one scene where I'm like, okay, this is weird. We're not going to talk about the symbol. <laughs> so let me just throw this out there and then okay at the beginning of this most recent episode shauna stabs adam right whether or not he's hobby she kills him when that scene happens it keeps cutting as he's talking to her and she's holding the knife it's cutting and showing you flashes of her cutting the deer's throat yeah. in the woods skinning the rabbit blah 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 she stabs him. It flashes. I love it. It was so, so well done where then it's literally that actress is standing there with the knife in her hand. I thought that was super fucking cool. She removes the knife. The last image they flash is that symbol. I present to you guys the theory. <gasps> I don't think there's anything supernatural necessarily. I think there's post-hypnotic suggestions that were used on them at some point and that that symbol triggers shit. So this is classic you know spy or, or I mean, we're not in a spy movie but like psychological thriller anything that uses post-hypnotic suggestion right somebody calls the guy and they say like your kids are charlie and then all of a sudden when he was told you know years before in a hypnotic state if so if you hear that then you go kill the president whatever the case may be the right Korean candidate hail hydra hail yeah exactly boom there you go so these postcards show up and Ty goes back into dirt eating and tree hanging. Um, I mean, Nat leaves the fucking rehab, goes, gets her Porsche, which she bought with a lot of money when she was a very different person, to quote her. Who knows what, you know, where that. Yeah, where's her money from? Okay, sorry. Right, yeah, exactly. Well, it, it, we don't know yet, which is one of the things. And it, so this is like the, the shit about the, the present tense that really drills me down is like, I want to know what's, you know, what the fuck is going on. I mean, I could see like all the incidental drama with like the who's fucking who and the drug addiction or whatever. Although I will say Misty cares. And that was the best intervention I've ever seen. And there's never been a better intervention. That was just the fucking greatest. My nose burns. Is that normal? Yeah. Sean, I just want to tell you that if that ever happens to you and you feel like you're, you know, in a vulnerable state, I will totally run into your room and do all your blowing from you just because no, I you care. Won't. <laughs> I care, you know? Same. <laughs> that, is, that is like, oh my God, that was... Anthony, best <laughs> oh, I, I Man, that... But so anyway, so I think there's a... And, and also that goes to those journals. I think they were in the safe the whole fucking time. Yeah. So post-hypnotic suggestion, it, it, a trigger. It's got, that's just my theory. Anyway. Still, okay. 
you know, after episode nine right now, okay, we find out the husband was blackmailing her. Still, who the fuck killed Travis? Unrelated. So it's two separate things. And exactly. he just had the bad luck of concocting his blackmail scheme when this other shit starts, right? Who the fuck killed Travis? He also hung himself from the forks of a forklift. So I'm like, well, I mean, you'd have to, I mean, nobody climbs up greasy forklift mass to then jump off with a chain like yeah and there's the symbol somebody put below him so here's the other thing okay i think misty is involved with whoever killed him because how do they find the symbol in those pictures she lays them out and then draws it nobody she does it in such a like embellished presentory way like oh look what i found you would have to know that that shit was there to do that in the first place that wasn't just like she stumbled across it so i think i think she very much knew what that looked like and that she was able because i mean like if you look at the way she draws that it's like those pictures don't perfectly match up so i i don't know think about it misty is the reason why they're there they fucking didn't survive or uh, get out yep I think that also ties into your theory about the post-hypnotic, where if anybody has their hand in any wacky shit like that, it's probably Misty, so. Yeah, definitely. But who else? So here's another thing. The first episode, right? The very first episode, near the end, Shauna and Ty meet for coffee. And Shauna's like, I thought we agreed. Never speak about it. Low profile. I see you on TV running for state senator. Take care of it, Ty, right? So then they're like, okay, Nat just got out of, what what about Nat? Ty's like, she just got out of rehab, blah, blah, blah. No sign of the others, question mark. So who? I mean, you could say, is she talking about Travis and Misty? That ain't who she's talking about. There's other people still alive for fucking certain. Well, there's three slots. From what we know, from watching everything, we know three people are still because eight people survived. Wait, how do we know eight people survived? Oh, that's if you count the no, never mind. If you so we can't take into consideration anything they show us. And I'll tell you yeah. another thing. One of the things that is driving me nuts about it, and I understand when you shoot a scene, you, you only have so many positions to block people in it or whatever. And you know, you're not gonna maybe bring in all your extras for every scene. It's also if you notice. Kirsten pointed this out. Christina Ricci was pregnant. She just gave birth last month. Mm-hmm. And there are scenes where her character is clearly pregnant and other scenes where she's clearly not and they're disguising it. So I don't know what the shooting for this was. So I don't know how much they had access. But I swear to fucking God, in like the second episode, when they all finally go to the lake, we counted. There's 21 people that travel to the lake. There is no other point that we see 21 people. So I start thinking like, are we, maybe we're seeing like spirit. I was thinking of like, you know, uh, Hill House and Bly Manor where there's dead people in front of you all the time. And you just don't notice it. So I'm like, maybe these other people are spirits. But in episode nine, there's a couple shots where you clearly see up to 18 people. But there's people that come and go that like, you know, when, when Laura Lay launches the plane, there's 10 people there. That's it. 
would anybody miss that? No. Where are they? Uh, I don't know. With the exception of Van, who was injured and was back at the cabin, and maybe one or two people to stay with her, that still leaves a huge discrepancy. So the visual, and from my point is, whatever they show you isn't necessarily something you can rely on as far as like, yeah. or like so we don't know how many people survived, which is interesting. Uh, and, and why did Jackie not eat the last episode? Why is she not eating? That's a good question. I mean, that could have just been happenstance. Uh, yeah. Or she's maybe, I don't know. And then what about the baby? <laughs> that, that, that baby is probably going to get eaten. It's going to become a baby burger. Okay. I, I mean, dude, how about the eraser head dream sequence? <laughs> like it's birth of the chicken. That's like, <laughs> Oh good. my god, that was, it good. was really good. My favorite was tonight. Was there's no book club? Oh, dude, it's, it's hysterical. What? There's no book club. <laughs> the sincerity and like the pain in his voice. There's no book club. <laughs> it's. I think that's uh, the most heartbreaking part. Is she finds out that her husband really was with her and had her back the whole fucking time, and that's yeah really sad yeah it is she she's i i, I like her because i really like melanie linsky and i yeah. she's just been in all these things we watch it's like in rapid succession like she's oh she, here she is again cool uh but her character is really fucked up i like the scene where he's she's like when did we become these people that lie and and cheat and like and he's like uh shauna like this has always been us because it it has right i mean she was really underutilized and don't look up um, that recent one where she was opposite DiCaprio and uh, oh, I don't know oh she's in that I didn't know that yeah, she's, she's on great. Netflix yeah but I mean I remember seeing her for the first the first time I remember her was Detroit Rock City I never saw that oh heavenly creatures for me I never saw that either and by the way it's not streaming anywhere and the DVD goes for like I don't know it it it, it might even been over a hundred dollars so I, I mean somebody's gonna put it out at some point you know it's one of those but um god that it, it joins another it's peter jackson it's like his movies just get like out of they just go out of print and never come back it's so so strange oh man i, fuck, I have so many uh but yellow jackets has been up there for probably one of my favorites of things of 2021 come out yeah it's it was high on my list definitely it's, it's I, definitely I, been better than like the return of dexter um which has really, been really? decent okay. yeah which has been decent but i think this has a little it, it's not um storytelling that's expected you know what i mean i watched dexter mm -hmm. this is going to happen next and now this is going to happen next because i've seen it a thousand fucking times at least this has you know as much as i don't like all the meandering at least it does that you know what i mean to keep you on your toes I mean, it, it does really keep you on your toes. You, there's no way to know how to navigate what the fuck is coming next, which I greatly appreciate. Agreed. Okay. Um, you guys have theories about anything, anything at all? Um, just uh, again, I think Lottie is going to be the one warshipped. I think she was the one with the the white stag hat in the very first episode that was like giving direction. Um. Uh, I really think she's going to take like a, I don't know, like a, a Jesus-like 
figure. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think there'll be those that don't buy into it and they stay separate. And it's going to take almost that religious aspect because of Laura Lee's influence. I think Lottie is going to misinterpret that and just really like, well, you like in the last episode, she goes kind of fucking ape shit out of nowhere. And that, the, the drug orgy. <laughs> that, that moment where she, it was, I, I thought they did it really well because it's, it feels supernatural, but it does not definitely doesn't commit to being that, but where everybody's like something, do you feel something? It's like an energy, something's coming. And then they go to Lottie and she, they kind of, she goes over by, they had Javi beating on like a, a panel from the plane, you know, it's like they were starting the ceremony or whatever. And uh, she kneels down in front of it and then the camera goes to face her. So it's like a close up and she says something, she says, no, something's coming. We won't be hungry much longer. And then we go right into this thing where like, they all acted completely possessed, right? I mean, to the point where, like, I'm wondering, what are we seeing here? Like, this is beyond just, you know, like, or it seems to be it, mass hysteria fueled by fucking, you know, who knows? Like, the the mushroom thing, I, I mean, it's almost like, a, it reminds me a lot of Paul Thomas Anderson's uh, Phantom Thread, where it's like, there's the whole thing where, like, the wife poisons the husband and it's like kind of their thing and he almost dies but he, yeah i mean anytime you take mushrooms or hallucinogens or what i mean really anything that intoxicates you it's like poison to some degree right but this was like they were clearly like really off their fucking nut i had a question and this is no attack on any of your guys's character <laughs> uh have any of you guys done shrooms before oh, oh yeah, yeah. i have not yeah so my question was how accurate was like the trails and I guess visuals and stuff that they did because I mean they got to draw that from somewhere so I I wanted to know how accurate that was pretty good pretty good because yeah. I, I like the scene where she one of the girls is like clawing at the dirt and you could kind of see like light coming out from the dirt I was like that's yeah. fucking awesome visual that obviously some dope fiend had to do and I love you dope fiends so don't worry about nice. it you know, that's that's not a big deal but um yeah no I actually had a question about yeah yeah, you see that trail a lot, Anthony. And with me, I would you'd see a lot of things like breathing, like yeah, uh, lots of breathing. You see, yeah, you see Javi like staring up at the trees, and it looks like I, I don't know, like almost like undulating. And I was like, that's just yeah. really interesting. I might do dope now. You know, that's. <laughs> I don't think you can. I don't. I don't think of mushrooms as dope. I mean, I guess. <laughs> no, I know. I know. It's the um, Reagan. I, is what it is. <laughs> I, I, I will say that, um, oh, for, I mean, for, for, for the listeners, Anthony is doing, we're on Zoom, and behind him is his giant, as it always is, that giant picture of Reagan being sworn in. That's right. Like, you know, the, the framed poster. Yeah. It's the first um, thing I want to see when I wake up. <laughs> oh, God. oh, man. Um, yeah, it's... It, it also, I will, I don't want to go off on too much of a mushroom diatribe, but mushrooms are really interesting in that, like I did LSD uh, a handful of times when I was in high school, I've never done it since mushrooms. I've done much more recently. And I had a, a period, I did mushrooms in Vegas once. And I really, I mean, I wandered around like the Luxor and, and just blazing, uh, listening to Steely Dan and on my headphones. It was, it was amazing, but 
I walked away from it. You get these weird like revelations as if as if your environment is speaking to you. And I remember like coming away like feverishly writing later in the night, like this town, this whole town is a vampire. Like I remember looking at this woman that was like clearly 90 and had been sitting at this one-armed bandit for like probably the last 30 years, and she just looked, you know, just drained. But so they give it gives you these revelations that then when you sober up, you can read and be like, well, that's not wrong. It's just, you know, it's like you're seeing it through this weird skin because it's being embellished by the drug or whatever. And I think that ties directly into whatever is happening to them. But I mean, th that goes a little bit more like what, what the fuck? But so then, like, man, I don't know. Doing psychedelics, Anthony, after doing them, you understand like how HP Lovecraft came up with these monsters. Put it that way, like because you just he. Well, the weird thing is, the Lovecraft didn't do psychedelics, right? No, yeah, but like that's the best like comparison I think. No, I it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> do it like well. There's theories that the mushrooms are actually. I mean, God, it's been a while since I read about this, but there are theories that those mushrooms are from spores that were actually originally introduced to this planet from meteors and so that they are this actual cosmic intelligence you know the, the idea that like well just because a tree can't talk doesn't mean that it isn't intelligent right uh, okay you know i mean i'm not a i'm not a hippie i'm you know what i mean i care about the planet but i'm not you know i'm, I'm drinking out of a glass bottle so there you go uh but and that lends into the show too to bring it back around before I go too far out. It, you know, th this idea like the woods wouldn't let them leave. That's really interesting. And what the do? Okay, so the guy sitting in the chair that's dead in the attic, right? Like, there's a shotgun there. He blew his brains out. I'm pretty sure. So like, what is? I mean, he may have just been stranded there and like realized nobody was coming. But like, I don't know. There's so many fucking questions. And yeah, what. Well, uh... <laughs> that's the thing about the current timeline for me is that to me it, it it enhances the previous you know what happened in 96 because they're gone 19 months we only know a little bit of what happens and and it's not much and we can't really trust what we see is in any particular order or you know so we just have these singular images but clearly a bunch of shit happened and now to some degree it's coming back up so what like how does it tie into the now with these people and i i think that i really think there's some kind of post-hypnotics i think that that symbol i don't know if if it was like but it's there when they get there too that's the other thing is oh, like hypnotized. they didn't invent that symbol it's in the trees it's in it's in the the i think it's carved in the wood at some place in the cabin right and there's always the no-eyed man too which goes back to her grandmother. So, well, technically not. We don't know that when Ty is seeing that in that, you know, the young Ty and her grandmother, we don't know if she's seeing the same thing her grandmother's seeing. There's one scene we have not witnessed yet that's in the opening credits with the one, the no-eyed man where he's in the woods. We haven't seen that, so it's going to have to be in the next episode. Let's play with your supernatural thing. And I'm going to give maybe so let's say it is a supernatural force i i was we all made wacky predictions earlier i'm going to make mine say there's a a uh ominous presence in the woods and whomever survived had to do a 
blood sacrifice by you know to appease whatever presence was out there and they were awarded the uh i guess the gift of being able to to escape you know like Mm -hmm. you know if if it did play off the whole supernatural thing because obviously there's the cabin in the woods and that's you know Mm -hmm. evil dead you have the tendrils wrapped around the plane also evil dead also another weird thing how the hell did these like eight broads dig a whole fucking airfield in like an afternoon like that doesn't make any goddamn sense to me (laughs) but you know kudos and you got- it was a montage. It was a montage. I, I I think it probably took place. I thought of that as well. I'm like, wait a minute. Anyway, continue. No, that's it. <laughs> I, I don't know. But- Coach- just clearing that motherfucker out too. So yeah. <laughs> you know what I thought was hysterical? Adam's like, look, I got this, I got this friend with a cabin in the woods in the Poconos. Let's go. And I'm like, motherfucker you've just read up on her and you're gonna invite her into a fucking cabin in the woods like seriously talk about some insensitive boyfriend shit right there wait enough like, adam <laughs> yeah like jesus but okay so to go back to adam he could still be hobby and the obvious problem we you know we've been going back and forth i really honestly i didn't expect some of this shit to be solved on this episode so you know, to the listeners, when the three of us were talking about doing this, I had notes pertaining to why I thought the husband was still the blackmailer and not Adam. And I had notes about Adam being hobby. And, you know, you could throw one of the, although they're still, they could still have been in league together, who knows, but probably not. If he's hobby, the obvious problem is how the fuck would Shauna not recognize him, right? Well, if she thought he was dead, but he wasn't. So that's the other thing. Did they have to leave people behind who they assumed were dead? I have a theory that Jackie isn't dead. I'm kind of starting to think that. I'm probably wrong, but but okay. So talk about it. what do you what, like? I I don't know. Just the more, especially like the last two episodes, the way her personality is coming about, and especially like tonight. excuse me with her little like it doesn't matter anymore we're just hollow shells i think they're gonna keep her around i think she is gonna survive just because she has that shitty attitude (laughs) yeah i think if they would have kept her character kind of like weak how she was and not pulling her weight uh then i think she would have been killed off but yeah i I don't know i think it makes her a likely candidate because you go back to shauna like in her bedroom talking kind of a apologizing to you know for what happened to her so you i mean unless she offed her i mean that's that's the only thing is that you know there's an assumption that she's dead when she probably might not be i mean yeah we got all that shit to play with still that's a I, she seems like such the likely candidate for everybody to think that she was the girl running that falls into the pit and that she's not going to make it which makes me think that maybe she did now there's a thing I don't generally, as a rule, even for this kind of stuff, I don't necessarily like, I know there's a podcast, but I didn't think to look for it until last week. So I just, you know, maybe I'll listen to it. Maybe I won't. You know, those are a mixed bag. I remember there was one for True Detective that was really great. And then there were a bunch that were awful. And I, it's, you know, there's, it's like when we, I get into these puzzle box shows, if I look for a podcast, sometimes I don't find anything that I'm like, "Eh, okay, whatever. And I'm not a Reddit person really. But I was looking for something specific and I happened upon like an article that referenced to Reddit or whatever. And I did not catch this, 
So we're in 1996. And in episode nine, they're like, oh, homecoming's about to happen. Homecoming's always in October, right? Fall, yeah, fall. So they pointed this out, I think it was on Vulture or one of these sites, um, where, and I freeze frame this shit too, when Shauna is in Jackie's room at that unbelievably terrible brunch, she's looking through her diary, right? And it's like, my favorite bands right there. I looked at those bands or my favorite songs where I was like, I'm glad you're dead. Oh, fuck you and your bad taste. Good Lord. Um, one of them was favorite movies. I didn't catch this. I wouldn't have. I'm not familiar with the movie. It looked like a bunch of 90s fair, you know, but the English patient, which apparently didn't come out until November 1996. Now that could be, you know, I mean, it depends on how in-depth the creator... I mean, that could easily just have been something that was missed that, like, oh, it came out a month after we fucked up. Or it's on purpose. So there's some theory that she's a time traveler. That theory is ridiculous. However, <laughs> maybe Jackie did make it back and she died later. I mean, her parents speak of her as if she's dead, but nobody ever says that she died in the fucking wilderness. Maybe she killed herself after. She couldn't deal with it. So I'm wondering if she got back and and that so that diary was something that she started you know or continued after they got back she continued to you know try and reassimilate into normal life started you know writing in her diary again that's why that movie's there and then eventually she killed herself or you know who who knows i mean there's any number of things that that could but i just i don't think she died in the wilderness i think she made it out do you guys get the impression that shauna enjoyed being in the wilderness because i kind of do yeah Oh yeah. Okay. There's something her, especially in the drug orgy, like she was one of the ones where like I'm like, whoa, this doesn't even seem like her. Yeah. Yeah, because there she doesn't have to play second fiddle to to Jackie, you know? Ooh, yeah. Good one. That's true. I, I feel like with some of the like, especially like the survivors that we know, they kind of thrived in the wilderness like look at nat yeah. kind of a badass she's the fucking hunter uh okay well ty went feral but <laughs> she's still she's still like really like rises i mean dude she kills a fucking wolf when she tells that rich lady to fuck off at the fundraiser oh yeah that was good yeah <laughs> that was good and then, so then there's like her, she has that vision of the wolf or whatever, which I don't know if that's just another manifestation from the, from the possible, I'm sticking with this post-hypnotic suggestion thing, the trigger or, or what, but I mean, that's interesting too, that she keeps seeing that. And I mean, is that just like the feral nature in her being manifested visually? You know, I don't know, but she, I mean, she, she definitely, she was a badass to begin with. Let's, let's face it. Yeah. We all know. Oh, you know what? Another interesting thing, and I think we're going to see her again for sure. So, you know, you get when the show starts, the first episode, you get the whole cannibal montage, which I still say is what they're showing us is not in sequence. Then it goes to first person perspective of it's actually uh, Jessica Roberts interviewing people. You don't know that yet. So you get like the principal and like a math teacher and like an old woman. Like I can tell you, none of those girls gave a damn about trigonometry. <laughs> And you get one of them that says, that could have been me. Yeah. It's Allie. It's the one they broke her foot. Yeah, right? So 
you know Ty did that shit on purpose, not knowing it was going to probably go that fucking bad, right? I mean, that's that was, dude, that's was really fucking great. I feel like that was the first moment where I was like, this show is pulling no fucking punches because that bitch's bone is sticking out of her toe. Mm. Oh, but I think she'll, I think she may come into it again at some point just because I don't know, maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, I had a thing. Well, I, I kind of saw the trend the first couple episodes and then I think it kind of died off, but it seemed like the main survivors all had like, it sounds stupid, a spirit animal. Shauna's the rabbit. Uh, oh. Wolf. What's Natalie? Natalie's the stag. Oh, that's or, interesting. Or she's the deer. Travis is the stag. And oh, fuck, I forgot what Misty is. So I don't know. It just seemed up like that kind of animal popped up for them a lot. Whether it was bad. That's really interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm just looking for shit or getting really high before watching it but <laughs> well i mean here's the other thing like like kirsten's been saying like there's a photo in shauna and jeff's room where a lot of this last episode took place where they had their conversation it's like a painting or a photo and it's mountains and she's like it looks like the 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 wish you were here part of that postcard right but i'm like but here's the other thing like these shows also do things like that where people can find meaning in it and it's not there. I was thinking, what if Vanessa's the one that's, Van is still alive because, and she's pulling strings and working with Misty because when Misty abducts Jessica Roberts, she's listening to Phantom of the Opera. And then she's still listening to it in her house when she's like, you know, got her tied up or whatever. And Van looks like the fucking Phantom of the Opera at the fucking home, right? She's got the mask that covers half her face. And it, also, they did a really good job with just needles, uh, needle and thread to sew her. Because like when, when they remove the uh, mask, like it's she's got two pretty gnarly scars. But like, I was looking at your molars the last time, I, you know. So, <sighs> pretty good job. But you know, so is that you know this ominous foreshadowing that you know Phantom of the Opera? That's probably not. I mean, but they may have not even even intended that. It could phantom. It was some mysterious person pulling strings behind for unrequited love. Van loves yeah. Ty. Ty loves Van. Oh. See, and this is like, I always think of the movie Pi, you know, the Darren Aronofsky, where it's like, Eddie, Eddie, if you look for a number anywhere, you will see it. The, the steps down your uh, driveway, the blah, blah, blah. Like, if you're looking for something, you'll find it. And a lot of these puzzle box shows, I mean, you can just, you know, I, I mean, goddamn. Or because uh, like the girls where we're just seeing shit because we're traumatized now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Um. Anything else, guys? That's all I got. Yeah. Tori? That's all I got. All right, guys. It's fun talking to y'all. And we'll be back again with another episode where we'll cover more things than just yellow jackets soon. But until then, I am Sean. I am Ronald Reagan reborn. Woo! And I am Tori waiting for all the cannibal scenes from Yellow Jackets. Yes. <laughs> all right. And we'll be eating you later. Ah.
<clears throat> mommy, mamo, mamu, mommy. Unique New York. Unique New York. <laughs> How now, brown cow? <laughs> <laughs>